0: Huh. Yeah. Let's go, last moment of the night and now my back's tight Back to the grind, folks, better act right Ready for the next time I see the bright lights got a train, here ready for the next fight All this work unnoticed, gotta be blind Disrespected again, I think I lose my mind hey, I got a question Okay, I'll bite You know that wrestling? No, it's fake, right?
1: Damn it The ongoing battle with the dirtiest four-letter word in pro wrestling
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to another edition of You Know It's Fake Right, the ongoing battle with the dirtiest four-letter word in professional wrestling. I am your host. My name is Brian Breaker, and thank you for checking out the show. Um, If you've been here uh, before, if you checked out my previous six episodes, thank you for joining me once again for episode seven here. If it's your first time, uh, thanks for checking it out. Uh, let me know what you think I'm pretty uh, active on social media you can find me on Twitter at Brian breaker ODr on Instagram at Brian breaker and just uh, let me know uh, what you think I uh, I'm loving doing this show I got a lot of great feedback on my episode with Dan Geyer uh, but you know I'm not really shocked by that Dan Geyer is an incredibly interesting guy and he was a guy the very first time I podcasted with which was years ago we kind of we went over that a little bit during the show it was actually in like the a car, I think it was in my truck at the time, which I called the Rolling Podcast Studio. Because believe it or not, when you're on the road traveling, getting a quiet area to podcast in is always difficult. Um, I remember one wrestling venue actually; it was in a in Tahlequah, Oklahoma, and the promoter was a really good guy, and he was like, "Hey, you can go in one of these office buildings and record in there." And I'm like, "Oh, that's great. That'll be perfect. I'll be like secluded in an office. No one will know I'm there." record the show real quick and go about my business, and I swear every time I would go to record a podcast, someone would walk in the room, I'm like, oh, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, you're just recording a podcast real quick, what's that? I'm like, get out of here, dude, like, <laughs> you know what I mean, It's it was always a frustrating thing, but I think that's kind of what makes podcasting interesting in a lot of ways, is all the different things that happen and stuff like that. Uh, this week is going to be a really fun episode, I got my buddy Travis Fowler joining me on the show, and... Uh, Travis is a guy that I actually met through podcasting, uh, which is kind of crazy to think because I don't think when I embarked on this journey, you know, with Bane back in uh, 2014 for Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, I don't think I anticipated meeting people in podcasting. I guess, and uh, you know, he's he's become friends with me and Bane. He listens to you know, our shows. He's been guests on the shows. We've talked. Me and him talk quite a bit through like Messenger and DM and stuff like that. And It's kind of crazy to think like I literally met this guy by doing a podcast and we talk and we become friends and it's cool that he's a guest on the show today. Like it's been a lot of fun. So it's very interesting how things happen in the world of podcasting and how you're able to meet someone and they they kind of become a friend of yours and uh, you know, obviously um, I was going to meet Travis in Tampa in 2020 Uh, that did not happen obviously with the COVID stuff and but i think i've told him i want to go to wrestlemania in dallas which will be in 2022 and i feel like by then things will be more on the uh normal side of things at least i'm hoping and i think he may get to go too so that'll be that'll be really fun it'll be like you know like history in the making because it's like wow we finally met each other but it'll be it'll be really cool so i'm hoping uh hoping that happens next year but anyway i don't want to keep you guys on too long I want to kick it over to my interview with my good buddy, Travis Fowler. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am on the line with my good buddy Travis Fowler. Travis, what's going on, man?
1: Not a lot, man. Just uh like we were talking a little pre-show, like just enjoying this uh fall weather that we we've had this weekend and uh, hoping it doesn't get too cold too soon and uh, bring in the uh, bring in the snow
0: well you're up in Ohio so I know it's probably gonna get a little colder for you than it does for me but um, you know I've realized as I've gotten older that I'm just not a huge fan of the snow because you know when you're young it's a snow day you don't have to go to school go sledding it's like when school's canceled the whole day is great. It's like, Oh man, I got the whole day to do whatever I want. When you're an adult, it's like, Oh, it's snowing. Still need to come to work.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, like, uh, I've, I've had jobs where it's like, um, well, I'm at a, I don't know if you have levels out there, but we have levels in Ohio. So each County gets like level one, two or three and three is, You're not allowed to drive your own like only emergency vehicles uh, are allowed on the roads. And, you know, I've I've had jobs where I've called my manager and say, you know, hey, you know, Clark County is under or Miami County is under a level three snow warning. Um, I won't be able to make it in. Well, that doesn't matter because Montgomery County, the county that you're working in is uh, not under a level three. So we need you to still come into work. And I said, well, all right see you here in about an hour and a half i'm gonna be late because like there is no way that i'm gonna be able to make it in time with with all the snow so you're you're absolutely right it's just like unless it's a blizzard and we get like 12 to 18 inches or it's coming where they shut everything down as a precautionary measure snow days aren't near as fun as they used to be
0: Definitely not. I know around here it's a little bit different because we don't get as much snow, but I think because of that people freak out a lot more. Because um, there was an ice storm really bad here in like 2007, so it's been a while, but people lost power for a while, and so now if there's like a light flurry, it's like we got to stock up on water. <laughs> you know, it's like like everybody kind of freaks out, but I think that's kind of part par for the course, right? Everyone just reacts in a very unusual way sometimes.
1: Oh, yeah. Get your milk, butter, and cheese. Exactly. Got to make sure you got your essentials.
0: So, you know, this is kind of an interesting uh, podcast to have. And the reason I say that is because you're a wrestling fan. But more importantly than that, you're actually a guy who I met through podcasting. And, you know, when I started doing this with Bane back in, you know, 2014, first time I kind of dove into the podcasting world, I never really, I guess, expected to be friends with people that I didn't actually know in person. And, and that was such a, a fun thing to me as I, as I've gotten to know a lot of guys like you and, and I'll, I'll admit it, you know, old big Chuck at elite eight showdown and a few others that I've actually, you know, Jeff and Scott, I mean, there's a huge list. I don't want to leave anyone out, but i met, you know, not in person, but through the world of, you know, Twitter and social media, I've met right. you guys become friends. And and now we're podcasting, which I think is awesome But it's that weird thing of, like, had I never done this podcast, we would have probably never came in contact in our entire lives. And that's a very weird thing to to think about, you know?
1: No, it's true. And, you know, a little peek behind the curtain, we talk, if not every day, every other day. And, you know, not just – I mean, we talk about everything from life to wrestling to action figures to, like – Hey, I was going to text you at three in the morning, but I know you're asleep. So I had to wait and then I'll send you a response when I get up at six in the morning. And it's like, you know, it is. It's a, if you can, you know, say true friendship, but it is. We all because of a podcast and, you know, in a bigger sense, you know, because of wrestling and, yeah, like,
0: and a community of guys that all had similar interests, you know.
1: Exactly, and it it's funny how we all like, whether it was wrestling figures or wrestling or something like we all had that same love, and like during you know hearing a podcast and you know hearing you talk about you know something you like, and it's like, well, yeah, I liked that too, right and then it's like, well, I want to talk about it. like, and so then you just have like a you know light-hearted conversation, like I think our friendship started getting past like podcast questions and uh, stuff like that. Like right around when I asked, started asking you, uh, well, when I found out Harley was coming to Ohio and I, I remember messaging you going, Hey, is this true? Because I know Harley's old, but like, is he really leaving to come to Ohio? Because Ohio is not like St. Louis or like anything close. Like it's a hall up to Toledo or uh, up to like, cleveland and like a hall for me let alone a hall for him and then it just kind of like i don't say blossomed but expanded or like you know our friendship became more than you know pops and you know things at the movie and and things like that so thanks harley i appreciate (laughs) well yeah and i I think you
0: were actually gearing up to uh get an uh, get your elite figure signed yeah, and I was like, I was like, as far as I know, he's going. You know, I mean, but I think I even told you, I was like, you never know, he may cancel, and that's just not that he would want to. He just had a lot of health issues, obviously, as people know. And you know, he, I don't think it was too terribly long after that that he did pass away. But you know, you, you brought up a lot, a lot of interesting points there, and I think also too, our friendship blossomed when we realized it was more than just wrestling. Like you started kind of, you know, maybe we talked, oh, you you like Marvel Legends? Oh, I like Marvel Legends. Oh, did you collect them back when they were the toy biz? Yes, I did. Like, oh, holy crap. Then you liked Funko Pops. I was into Funko Pops. And and we start kind of comparing different, you know, fandoms. And it kind of becomes that thing. It's like, man, if we were in high school at the same school, we would have been like best friends. We just never met each other and still have never even met in person, which is another thing that sucks because we were supposed to finally meet in Tampa this year. Or last year, I guess, as this drops. Stupid Rona. I know, right?
1: I hope uh Future Future Breaker and and Travis like uh I hope it's over now whenever this co- <laughs> comes out.
0: Well, so every interview I did in in that time I kind of always put that out there like I hope it's you know I hope we're kind of past it by now. And obviously that's you know not been the case and Oh no. And this will probably drop in early 2021, and like I would love for that to be like a distant memory. But I uh, hope all
1: you listeners are laughing at us right now that we're reminiscing of the Rona. When it's I hope it's like, jeez, one of these idiots record this. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have dated themselves. Yeah,
0: but you know, I, I, that's what I thought was so cool is when we started becoming friends like that. We, we developed these similar interests and stuff like that. And I think when you have those similar interests. You probably think a lot alike, and I think that's what makes. You, I, as I can't imagine two people that disagree on everything being friends, because like, how could you be? Because you would just butt heads all the time. But you know, the right. name of the show, of course, is you know it's fake, right? So it's a very different feel than, than Power Hour in in some aspects, where we're talking about what's what our fandom like is for wrestling. For me, is is probably a different perspective than from you or or Bane or anyone else, because. Right. Because I've experienced it differently. You know, yeah, I was a fan of wrestling. That's why I became a wrestler. But you're, you know, being a fan of wrestling, what was that like? Because I'm sure you found it early, just like a lot of us. Because I know you had Hasbros and stuff, so obviously you were a fan as a young kid. And I know a lot of young kids get out of it, and then maybe they get back in, but then they get out, and then they get back in or whatever. But what was that like for you as you grew up and you started hearing people maybe either criticize or trash wrestling out? Because... You know, uh, Bane has told me this, which I thought was an interesting point. He's like, I never liked wrestling because I thought it was real. I liked it because it was fun.
1: I, my earliest memories of wrestling were with my dad and I was, well, I guess two or three because it was before my brother was born, but I remember watching um, primetime wrestling with my dad um, in the early '80s, like '82, '83, and I also remember uh, Georgia. Well, I, I guess it was uh, David Crockett at the time. Uh, David Crockett promotions on Jim you know, Crockett, Saturday night, or yeah, Jim Crockett. David. C- Whoa! <laughs> Barry Frost is
0: having an aneurysm right now. <laughs> sorry,
1: sorry, sorry, Barry. You know, David Crockett's another. It's it's late, but another peek behind the curtain. No Jim Crocker Pro- Promotions, but I remember watching it with my dad and just liking it. Um, and I was, you know, I graduated in two thousand, so I was in, uh, I was in junior high and high school when at first wrestling wasn't cool. And then all of a sudden, wrestling was the biggest thing in the world. And I will never, like, there, there are like a couple things. Like, I've always been a jeans and t-shirt kind
0: of guy, graphic
1: tee. You and I have talked about that a million times. Like,
0: dude, that's that's my business casual wear right there.
1: <laughs> right, like, and I started collecting wrestling shirts because they were like concert t-shirts. So every house show that I would go to, or um, you know, my friend Scott, uh, who I would go to a lot of events with because he was a couple years older than me. Like if I couldn't go to an event, he would go, and I would give him 20 bucks. This is the day before, time before like PayPal and Venmo kids where you had to give him cash to buy your t-shirt. Uh, and Well, and, would, and not uh, to mention,
0: not to cut you off, but like the merchandising catalog, like you needed a credit card. And I don't know about you, but my mom was not about letting me use a credit card to order a wrestling shirt.
1: Oh, no. Or, like, my mom also didn't trust the mail enough for me to send her personal check or money order through the mail. Because, Travis, what if that gets lost? Like, And then you're just out the money. And the funny thing is, like, you know, I'd give him my 20 bucks, and I'd say, all right, well, you know, this is also before cell phones. Right. So well, before cell phones were available to the public, and it was like, all right, well, like, (sighs) Austin's popular. If they have the new Austin shirt, I'll take that, or the DX shirt, but don't get, like, the red blotch DX shirt. I don't like that. Um, Or the WWF Attitude, come get some. Like, you just basically had to go by what was in, like you said, the merch catalog, and or what you saw on TV, like what they came out with, like right, and you know it was a surprise of like what you're going to get, um, and you know I remember getting, I nice, guess this isn't a pity party, but I got you know made fun of because I would wear my wrestling shirts instead of Abercrombie and Fitch or Hollister or uh, the
0: the the preppy popular shirt, right? Whatever, yeah. No. American like, Eagle, I'm sure you know.
1: Yeah, American Eagle, Aeropostale, Hollister, Structure, like I'm, I'm, anything that was in the mall, like right. Gap. I think Gap was big at the, t- at the time, but uh, like I, said, I was just that kid, I'm still that adult. Like, throw me a graphic tee and jeans and tennis shoes. So well, and and i
0: not to cut you off again, but I'm kind of the same way, you know, like because my mom would want me to wear. I think what the popular stuff was mostly, I think probably because that's what's in. So you don't want to be the outsider because it's easy to make fun of the weird kid. Right. And not that that wrestling shirts make you the weird kid, but you know, does that make sense what I'm saying? Like, it's like that. Oh yeah. It's that mindset of like, well here, this is what everyone's wearing. And I remember, you know, I, I never really cared much about clothes or fashion when I was younger. So my mom would buy me like, Whatever was popular, and I just kind of wore it because I didn't really right. care. My whole thing was always comfort, as I'm sure you can relate to. And oh,
1: absolutely, absolutely, it was. You know, if you remember back in in the mid '90s, it was carpenter jeans that were about two sizes too big, with a giant like braided leather belt to like keep your pants up because they were always a size or two too big, and then you wore your wrestle, or I wore my wrestling shirts and yeah. you know I I got to the point where I could wear a different wrestling shirt like for every day of the week for for 2 weeks and um and then I remember when it went from gosh it was my sophomore year 97 uh, 98 when the nwo came out and I remember um i remember wearing an nwo shirt like and everyone like it, it was almost like the the bullet club like oh too sweet man too sweet and i'm like you were just making fun of me for my wrestling shirt last year my freshman year but now like you think my nwo shirt is awesome okay and then the austin 316 shirt and the um, the original DX shirt with the 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 white logo across the chest and the two word we got two words for you on the back. Um, and how it became popular and then it was I didn't become popular, but it was every whenever I would wear a a new shirt, people were like that's so cool. I've seen them on TV or like right th- things like that. Um. And I, you know, I've got a couple of funny stories about wrestling shirts. I, uh, I went to the Nitro in Indianapolis where the Wolfpack debuted. Skip school because you know, I'll admit that now that I'm almost forty, but my mom <laughs> let me skip school with Scott, who I'd go on our road trips with. We drove out to he drove, I was co-pilot we went out to indianapolis had no idea what was happening because it was like a week or two after dx had invaded raw so we had uh fatigues on and our dx shirt because we're marks but we were like we're gonna be the we're gonna be the cool people at at nitro and uh of course the wrestling business
0: is moving so fast then like that was old news probably at this point
1: oh yeah and then the wolf, like, we walked in, and the like, so first thing we ever did was go to the merch stand, and we saw these NWO shirts that were red. And I'm like, well, yeah, we got to buy them. It's a red NWO shirt, or a red logo. And then the wolf pack happened. And I wore it to school the ne- the next day on Tuesday, and I said, how did you get a wolf pack shirt already? I said, well, I was there. and I, So I, I got some cool points that way. Um, and then... Uh, my last day of school, my senior year, and this is a a funny story. I, uh, the week before or two weeks before, uh, went up to Cleveland for a raw. It was like chaos in Cleveland. There was some raw that happened in Cleveland and I got the APA shirt at the time. Like I think the, the pound and ass I think is what it was. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't age very well, did it? (laughs) No. Um, But I wore that to school on my last day because I was like, you know what? I'm a rebellious senior in high school. I'm going to wear this APA shirt that says ass on the back. And it's not even bleeped out. Mm -hmm. Um, And then one of my favorite wrestling shirt stories is uh, my junior year of high school. So this is 98, uh, maybe 99. I can't remember exactly, but it was shortly after the Hollywood Hogan t-shirt came out, where it's the one on the uh, second Storm Collectibles figure, the one where it's got like the skull with the tribal wings, and it says Hogan above the skull. You know that one? A, a
0: very cool shirt, yeah, absolutely.
1: I had picked that up at some random show or or whatnot and uh I wore it and my history teacher of my junior year was an actual amateur wrestler went to college placed like he wasn't Brock Lesnar or Kurt Angle good but a legitimate local amateur wrestler and the way that our class was set up is um we had rows of desks, and our back was our backs were to the 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 door of the classroom. So, like when he would come in, he would see our backs, and he would have to walk to the front um, of the classroom. Well, mm-hmm. I was on the far right row, in like second or third seat, and uh, which was next to the wall that connected to the doorway. And uh, like as he's walking in, my teacher like starts reading the back of my shirt and it's, you know, yay though I wrestle in the arenas and coliseums around the world. I will fear no man because I am the man. And he read the back of my shirt and he goes, Travis, you're a wrestler. And he said, where did you get that shirt? And like, I stand up and turn around and he sees Hogan and he goes, you know, that's fake, right? I said, What are you talking about? Which that's
0: the exact name of this podcast, which is amazing.
1: (laughs) And I said, well, what are you talking about? He goes, that that shirt Hogan's not a real wrestler. I said, well, how do you know, (laughs) Travis, it's fake. And like, I'm 16, maybe 17 at the time. You're you're a junior
0: in high school. It's like, are you the one person on the face of the earth that did not get the word that wrestling was a work?
1: Right, as a, and I, as I'm wearing a Hulk Hogan T-shirt, right? Like, come on now, in the middle of the Attitude Era slash Nitro parties, the biggest boom in wrestling history, and so he's like, "I I can't believe that you would wear that, and like you need to see what, what real wrestling is and that." And I said, "Okay, like how how is it how is it fake? Well, it's fake." I said, "Well." I know if Hulk Hogan hit you with a big boot and a leg drop, you wouldn't get up. He, I said he'd get you for the one, two, three. He said, "Well, it's not even. You don't even get a three count in wrestling. When you get a pin, you get you get a one." And I was like, "Well, then that makes you super bad because Hogan's going to hit you with the big boot, leg drop, hit you for three. Like you're going to be down. Like no one ever kicks out of that. Just kind of egging him on, and he's just." At this point, arguing with a junior high, or junior high, a junior in high school about wrestling being fake because of a Hulk Hogan t shirt. Right. And it's not like it was a Dean Malenko or a Taz shirt, like a a stretcher, you know, I don't want to say legitimate. It's Hulk Hogan. Of course, we know that, like, Hulk Hogan is not the. Bret Hart or the most technician like technical wrestler in the world catches catch can wrestler in the world he's Hulk Hogan he has a body slam a big boot a leg drop and a back rake like
0: he's as sports entertainment as they come
1: absolutely but that was you know my my best like story of like well you know it's fake right and yeah just over a Hulk Hogan
0: t-shirt. And and that's what's... Like I, I was saying before, I think that's what's so funny to me is how people can't like process wrestling, I guess. And I, and I don't know if it's because of how wrestling's presented, but to me, and this is just kind of like looking back on it, as an adult and a guy who spent a lot of time in the ring, I wouldn't want a magician... Like if a magician does a trick, I wouldn't want him to be like, okay, let me show you how he did that. Like, that's not right. Once you know, it's usually kind of disappointing. You're like, oh, well, that's kind of simple now that I think about it, you know, but yeah,
1: I, I agree. Like I, because of that shortly after graduating, and I don't. I don't remember if it was the summer of ninety nine or the summer of two thousand, but it was right in the thick of like I said, the Attitude Era and all this. And uh someone that you're very familiar with, uh Mr Chris Hero Cassius Ono, he is local to mm-hmm. me, as in like two cities over local. And at the time he was known as Wife Beater. Um another name that just does not age well in, in 20 years. Definitely. Not. Um, um, and this is back in the day where it was like, you found out um, when you, you would find these lists. It was like, I remember finding my first list on AOL of wrestlers, real names, thinking sure. that I had like found like a pirate's treasure. And then let alone like wrestlers screen names. And, uh, you yeah, know, I know AOL is dead, but, you know, Chris Hero's old screen name was Sprad Daddy. And uh, I had messaged him on AIM just out of nowhere, like, hey, man, like, I hear you you're you do training before um, it was called BCW, Violent Championship Wrestling at the Piqua Armory. Um, and he said, yeah, man, like. We're we'll do some classes and and we can train you and I, uh, I went up to the Pickle Armory on this hot July afternoon and uh, you know looking back I, I helped put up the ring because that's what you do sure. and had had a one training class with with Mr. Hero and uh, like realized like so even though I knew about everything it, it was. You know, more power to you, man. You you went through all the classes and, and went into matches. But I realized at that point, after one class with uh, Mr. Hero, that wrestling was not uh, something that that I should be doing going forward.
0: So going through that, which I don't know exactly. I mean, I'm sure you took some bumps and hit the ropes and things of that nature. But what what is your thought when someone either trashes out wrestling or talks about it. It's not real. It's fake. It's blah, 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 blah. Like going through that thinking like, wow, that was, and it's probably harder than you thought. Right. Because I think for most people it is, they don't realize what yeah, it actually was, takes. So like, does that irritate you? What is your thoughts when you hear people kind yeah, of trash it, it out?
1: It irritates me because I, I was in the prime shape of my life. Like I said, I was 18, excuse me, 19. Like I had played basketball, baseball, like I was in the best shape of my life. And, you know, I wasn't a jock or anything like that, but I I was athletically sound. I had good coordination and I thought like, you know, I'm going to come in here and I know I'm not like Ray Mysterio. I'm not going to be jumping off the ropes or Jericho, but you know what? I'm going to be like Dean Malenko. Like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, you know, learn the holds and, you know, Things like that, like a Dean Malenko, a Taz, like not legitimate, but like, this is what I was going to go. And like, we took, uh, we learned back bumps, you know, tuck your chin, things like that. Uh, we obviously had a, um, round of chops because, you know, that's how you just beat the new, the new kids up. And, um, that's when I started to have more of a respect because you see it, but you don't know, like, you don't know all of the technicalities that go into it. Because when you watch, you're like, well, yeah, I can fall. Yeah, I can fall on my back. Well, it's not just that, it's falling correctly, not completely hurting yourself, and also not knocking yourself out. Right. You know, keeping, like, keeping the pace. So, like, like you were saying, when you run the ropes, it's like one, two, one, two, rope, one, two, rope, like, it's, you know, as controversial as he is, Jim Cornette said it best, it's a dance. Like mm-hmm. you guys, it, 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 I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's like, if I'm off, you're going to be off. If you're off, then I'm going to be off. And you, you don't realize that and how pivotal it is. And then because they make it look so natural and so, right effortless and but then getting in there it's like i was uh bambi on ice or a a baby giraffe trying to walk and like my feet are all over the place i had happy feet like it um it frustrates me because like like you said like people when they say oh well wrestling's fake they think of you know, a lot of more of the eighties, like, you know, of your Hulk Hogan, your hillbilly gyms, your, your guys that were, you know, haystacks Calhoun, the guys that you just didn't, that weren't good. They were just big bulking guys that, you know, stomped when they punched and, and all this, and they made a show out of it, but then it turned into the technical side of what we see today that where it, it just converted. And, how it was completely different and just there's, there's more of a respect for it now because of the, not only the showmanship, but the athleticism that it takes to make it look effortless.
0: And I think that's what's so unique about the pro wrestling business. Like you said, people may have a preconceived notion or they don't understand, um, You know, I I don't know how many people I saw come in to our training school and you could kind of just tell they were like, oh, this will be easy. And like our first thoughts, like, oh, we're going to blow him up. (laughs) I mean, yeah, (laughs) because I'm going to make you I'm going to make you earn it. And most of them would quit before we did anything more than what we did every day. Like we had our normal routine that we did every day. And then like we're going to do a little bit extra your first day to see how you how you do. And a lot of them would, would quit before we got to that point. I remember we had one kid. He looked athletic, nice kid. He was, <coughs> excuse me, going through his bumps and stuff. And he was hurting. And I could tell he was hurting. And that's very normal. You are going to hurt. And we're about 30 minutes away from being done for the day. And he looked at me and he goes, I don't want to do this. And I was like, Are you sure? And he's like, I just, this is not for me. I can't do it. And I was like, Okay. I was like, I told him, I was like, We're 30 minutes away, man. Like, it's the last day of the week. We don't come back till Tuesday. At this point, it's a Thursday. So he has a few days. I was like, Go home. We'll call it good for the night. Go home, relax, you know, rest your body, and reevaluate on Tuesday. And he's like, "Nope, don't want to do it." <laughs> I was like, "No, sir." Okay. I was like, "That's your call, man." And uh, and he, uh, <coughs> excuse me, he um, had just paid a down payment to Harley of thousand dollars for his tuition, uh. and he said, "Will I get my money back?" And I said, "That, sir." is not my call. <laughs> I was like, you're more than welcome to come up here to the office and talk to him. And Harley ended up giving him back 900, which I felt was very fair. But, um, it's just that, you know, one of those things it's not, it's, it's not for everybody.
1: I don't want to say that's surprising. That shows Harley. Cause you know, that was from the stories that I've heard of like Ole Anderson and some of these guys, that was their way of making fast cash. Oh, I want my money back. Nope, non-refundable. Like right. that was
0: And it's in the paperwork actually that it's non-refundable. So he could have said no. But, you know, he, what what he did was fair. I I felt like
1: He's a good man.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, <laughs> I, and I think another aspect of, of pro wrestling, like you were talking about going through the different things, like here here's something that people don't talk about. How many cross celebrities have been good in the ring? Like Dennis Rodman and Carl Malone are pro basketball players, pros getting paid millions of dollars to play basketball. So they're in shape, they're athletic and like they were not good in the ring. Carl Malone was better. I felt like, but, and, and granted you can't learn this stuff in a couple of days and I get that, but, they were not good. Uh, Lawrence Taylor, pro football player. He was so blown up he couldn't even lift his arms up, you know. Like he had to be <laughs> helped out of there. You um, know
1: what's funny? Uh that you, you talk about LT um did you know that the last move of that match was supposed to, was quote unquote the jackknife powerbomb that he was that he did to Bam Bam Bigelow to end the match even though he barely got him up.
0: He did a jackknife powerbomb
1: Yes. Uh, if you go back and watch, well, it's more of like a, a sit-down powerbomb, but that was... I had, I had just rewatched that. that. I haven't recently. seen that match in
0: a long time.
1: And they said, uh, 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 that's what happens when you train with Big Daddy Cool Diesel or something like that. He taught him how to do the jackknife powerbomb, and I went, that was almost like a sit-down powerbomb, because like you said, he was so blown up that
0: and Bam bam's Lance a big his, guy
1: right he was gonna be able to do a jackknife powerbomb, but it really ended up as a like flippy flop land on your he landed on his butt and thank God bam bam didn't break his neck
0: yeah and and that's the that's the thing is like I'm sure they thought oh that'll look cool, but they don't factor in that this guy's never wrestled and that was not a long match either
1: no I can based off of your question, I can think of. Two people, two celebrities that were decent. Um, One is Stephen Amell. I know you've talked about him on uh, Power Hour, but his SummerSlam match was fairly decent, as well as his um, AEW match. And then uh, who is the – this is bad, but it shows I don't watch – Or paid that much attention Who was the guy that just uh, wrestled Adam Cole On TakeOver
0: Oh Pat McAfee
1: Yeah he wasn't horrible But those are the only two That I can think of in the past 20 years and X amount of celebrities I mean they're no Mongo Mongo (laughs) was a a Mongo basically signed Like a
0: celebrity year long contract Maybe two years I don't know It was awful so bad, but yeah, I, I agree with the Stephen Amell and I, I had more respect for him just because of the fact that I know he was filming arrow when he did that. So it's like, that right. was a pretty massive undertaking to not only the studio to allow him to go to a press pro wrestling match, but the time it took to do that while filming a TV show like that was impressive to me. Oh Yeah. Uh, and he ended at, He actually was decent. Like, he wasn't great by any stretch, but for a celebrity, if you base it on that scale, he was a, probably the best one that I've seen. I mean, and that's comparing it to, like, p- pro athletes that are oh, yeah. awful. The,
1: and the thing is, at the time, you, you got to look back, Rodman and Malone were in the NBA finals. Malone had got the MVP, the NBA MVP that year. Yeah. Like great was he he's not the greatest basketball player of all time but that year he had the 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 best stats of any player in the nba and he couldn't do an effective diamond cutter without it making look like my little brother was doing it to me like
0: (laughs) yeah but i mean it's just i think it's that cross promotion that the wrestling business has always sought after they've always sought that um that mainstream celebrity appeal, you know, type of thing. Oh yeah. But anyway, um, the wrestling business is very interesting. You know, you talked about wearing wrestling shirts and oddly enough, I, I've talked about this on, on power hour in the past, but that's kind of how me and Bane became friends because I wore an LOD shirt to school. And he, I remember we had one class together in seventh grade, so I didn't know him very well, but I didn't know him. And that's the first time he ever referenced wrestling to me. And he's like, Oh, nice shirt. And I'd already gotten a few little snide comments about it, so I was kind of like self conscious about wearing the shirt anyway. Oh yeah. And and it's just one of those things where looking back, it's like, who cares? You know, but at the time it was just like I'm tired of people saying crap about wrestling or whatever. But
1: and you're young and your hormones are in overdrive and it's like
0: Well and you don't ever want to be a victim of bullying in any way, you know. Oh yeah. And, and he made a little comment, like, oh, nice shirt. And I, th- I honestly thought he was going to be, like, loser. And uh, and I was and I kind of look over, and he goes, does it say, like, oh, what a rush on the back? And I'm like, no, it doesn't. It's blank. And this is, again, a generic shirt that I bought at some, like, mall kiosk, you know? It wasn't, like, an official oh, shirt. Yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, I should have said down on the back. That would have been cool. And I'm like, yeah. Like, this guy likes wrestling. You know, like, it's like that that – Feeling of like, okay, that's it's almost like you're in a safe spot. Like I can talk wrestling to this guy and it's cool.
1: Yeah, it's like you're you're safe, your safe zone. Or like, okay, he knows what he's talking about, right? Because anybody else wouldn't like say, oh, what a rush. It's it's uh, the code,
0: like, right? Oh man, like, right. It, it's basically <laughs> showing like, oh, this guy likes wrestling, you know, type of thing. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, man, like that's, what's so interesting about pro wrestling. Like you, you know, you brought up earlier too, with the, uh, with the shirts, how no one's wearing them where everyone has a little comment and then you wear an NWO shirt and all of a sudden people you don't know are like giving me, giving you a too sweet. It was crazy how like that revolutionized the wrestling business. Cause I remember having a friend around that time, we were both collecting wrestling figures and talking about it in school. Like, I wouldn't have dared at that age, 7th, 8th grade, talking about collecting wrestling toys, you know, to another kid that age. Because, like, toys weren't cool at that point, but wrestling was so hot that they were cool almost, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. That was – I I I will never forget the first time I heard about Jax figures. My friend uh, – this was 7th seven, grade – or 8th, 7th or 8th. Um, I had went – he had thrown them in his backpack, and he had picked up Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels and Diesel. And he said, "Travis, look what look what's out." And I said, "Wait, what are these?" He said, "These are these are the new wrestling figures. I found them at Ames and or Hills in Piqua. I went with my mom, and I just it's like he, he like he said. Not only did he get them, he brought them to school. He kept them in his backpack, and it was just like you know they were horrible, but it was still like."
0: At the time, I, I liked them. I mean, I thought that they had terrible. Like, I liked the playability. They broke all of mine, early Jack's figures broke, which I hated, but it was that weird thing of, like, at least we have figures now.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you had, you know, Razor, Diesel, Sean, Brett, Goldust, and Undertaker. I, I had to go right off the top of my head, like, that whole series won, but it was still, like, with the exception of Sean, Brett, man like almost half of the figures that had just came out had never had a figure before or a figure that it was bigger than a Hasbro and more posable than a giant LJN. So it was like, these are groundbreaking because they move at the arms, they move at the legs and they don't have an action. So like Sean, the way that Sean's legs were kind of like crossed to the side, like, go to the side, you could do sweet chin music or, um, undertakers. I think left hand wasn't a fist. So you could technically do a choke slam when he was holding them around their neck and, and things like that. So, you know, it was definitely a, like, I don't want to say a different time, but a time when it just became more acceptable when, You know, instead of like, well, I I only play video games and do cool things at the mall. It's like, look, these are wrestling figures.
0: Like, Mm -hmm.
1: holy crap. I got to get them.
0: Yeah. And it it was interesting, too, because I think I got actually more into figures, like wrestling figures at that time. And I think a lot of it was because Jax was pumping them out. I mean, we got like a handful of Hasbro's. I mean, if you think about all the repaints Jax did, I mean, there there was tons. And, oh, yeah. And, and, like, that was the thing. Like, I remember, like, I felt like every time I went to a store, I kind of just saw something new. And, you know, this is obviously before the internet. Well, maybe not before the internet, but before, like, I had the internet, I guess, and it was prevalent. Yes. And, like, I remember just going to a store, and that's when you just saw stuff. And that was the last era when you just kind of saw stuff, I thought. And and then the internet hits, and then you kind of start seeing it online first, and things like that. But I remember just being at a Toys R Us and seeing um, Tag Team Series One. Of course, yep. they didn't they didn't have LOD, which I wanted. They had the God ones, and I'm like, ah. Oh. And so I'm looking at all the pegs. Is there an LOD somewhere? And there's not, of course. But it's like they make LOD figures. I wonder if their shoulder pads come off. They look like they do, but I don't know for sure. And then, you know, right. It was just such a, it was such a fun time. And like I said, there were so many different characters that they made at that time and repaints and all this stuff. It was, it was a great time to be a fan and wrestling was so hot. Like it was almost like a new guy debuted all the time. And like, you couldn't wait to get his figure or, you know, hoping to see it in six months at the store when they restock new stuff, you know, it was just, it was really fun.
1: Right. Like when, like when you were, you were talking about that, like when you would go to the store and actually be surprised, like this is right before like Toy Fair magazine came out to where you would get like little picture previews. But like, I remember like being excited, seeing something new and even before going through the figures that were on the shelf, I would grab whatever figure was at the very end. And immediately turning it over to see what else was coming out in the future, to see if they had put new pictures on the back before even oh, yeah. looking to see, like what was immediately in front of me. It's like, all right, I I I marked my zone. Like nobody's gonna get the figures in front of me right now, but I need to see what's coming out in the next six months. Holy crap! Like, yep. There's they made a Brian Pillman figure. What a stomp! Well, um, I don't <laughs> care, but there's a Brian Pillman figure. Like I said, and right. living in Dayton, Ohio, like Brian was another local guy from Cincinnati. So I'm like, well, I've got to get this Pillman. I don't know what stomp is. I don't think I really care what stomp is, but Holy crap. I'm getting Brian Pillman. Or I remember the first time turning it over and seeing they're making a dude love figure. Right. What is, what? what's a slammer
0: or uh, the cane figure. That was a big one for me.
1: Yeah. And it's like, Holy crap. Like, I'm going to get this. And I don't even know what a slammer is, but I'm going to have a dude love. I'm going to get a cane. And then like the slammers come out and you go, Oh, well this, this another phrase that doesn't age well in 20 years. Well, these aren't near as good as the bone crunchers. Like I wish they made this a bone cruncher.
0: Right. Yeah. It's definitely an interesting thing. And for me, so with bone crunchers, the first two I saw were Sean and Razor. I was at a Toys R Us. I hadn't been there in a while. Those was only two on the peg, so I bought them. And, you know, it was kind of like that weird, bittersweet thing, well, I guess Hasbros are done, you know, type of feeling. And But I bought them, and I and I did like them. I didn't like them as good as Hasbro, but I was like, oh, they're, they're kind of cool. And both Sean and Razor ended up breaking in a day, which really upset me. So I was like, I'm not buying any more of these. I don't like them. Well, then I go back to Toys R Us and I saw a Series Two, and that had the Warrior in it.
1: Well, yeah, that you see Warrior, you've got to buy it, right? But this then the Ultimate Warrior,
0: right? And and I and I had kind of been like, I don't, I don't want any more of these figures. Well, I ended up getting some like Christmas money or bir- maybe birthday money from my grandpa. He gave me quite a bit, and uh, I can't. Remember. I think I, I did some work at his house, like chores, and he gave me like I can't remember. Thirty bucks, maybe, and I—that I was rich, you know. I had thirty bucks as a kid, which honestly, thirty bucks bought you a lot of figures back then.
1: Yeah, they were what five, six bucks a piece. Oh yeah, if you got them at Toys R Us or KB, like that was the one thing about KB. Like KB, nine times out of ten would have something that Toys R Us didn't have, but they were always, you know, everyone glorifies the red pin, the three for nine ninety nine. Yeah, but if you wanted something new. It was consistently a dollar or two more than Toys R Us.
0: It was. Well, I, I think their Hasbro's were like seven. Were they not?
1: I think so. Like I remember.
0: Like six ninety nine. Yeah, I
1: I remember getting my like Jax figures or like Ruthless Aggression figures were like twelve ninety nine when you know Ruthless were they should have been nine ninety nine or yeah. like they were always. A dollar or two more, but
0: but they had better selection, right? Yeah, and, and so like you said, they always them. had new stuff. Um, so that that is true. I remember finding the Dwayne Hasbro there and buying it because, you know, I never saw it again, so it was a smart move. But back to the to the BCAs, I go to Toys R Us and I'm wanting to buy some of the new Bone Crunchers. Isn't that wave they they redid Sean Brett? and Undertaker, but they had Warrior, Owen Hart, and Vader. And I had to get Warrior. Yes. Oh, yeah. But I missed all of Series 1 at this point because I bought, you know, Sean and Razor, but they both broke, so I think I threw them away. And anyway, so what I found was the Survivor Series box set, and that was Sean, Brett, Warrior, in Green, which was awesome, and Goldust. And and that was 20 bucks, which is crazy to think a box that was 20 bucks, you know. and. So I bought that, and I think I bought Owen and Vader. So it was a good day for me. And then me I saw just... the Monster Ring, and I'm and I, so I'm pretty jazzed up about the new figures I got. I look at then I look at the Monster Ring. I'm like, oh, I got to get this. I want this for my birthday or whatever, whatever the next what, holiday whatever was.
1: next holiday gift giving holiday might be coming around the corner.
0: Right. But then I look at the back of the Monster Ring, and it listed what was in Series Three, but it didn't show pictures. It just had their logos yes oh my god like that immediately solidified that i'm like i gotta collect these mankind british bulldog ahmed johnson like i can't not collect these now and then of course you've got a pearl
1: river plunge everybody
0: oh yeah series four we got stone cold and series five we got shamrock and and then around that time lod came out like all the all the big heavy hitters were hitting and so it's like i had to get i so i was glad i collected at that point but um but yeah, dude. Like, the, there's memories like that that I I don't think you can replace because that's just something that was so that was so fun as a young kid seeing those those uh, those figures for the first time or finding a new box set or getting like that was kind of like the first time I ever saw a preview of a new wave and I thought that was awesome to do just just logos so you knew what was coming out but you didn't actually see the figures yet.
1: Oh yeah, I I used to on Saturdays. Um because my dad would go to work um, he uh, for his uh, like he would have a, a part-time job at and that's where I got my first job at like a baseball card comic shop and then my mom would have to go to work and you know my brother and I would be at home on Saturdays uh, by ourselves till like two or three in the afternoon like it wasn't a long day but we would, you know, hey, here's your list of chores. Do this, do that, in between cartoons and and all that. And I remember, I would uh, get the phone book out and I would call um, all of the Toys R Uses and WalMarts because I would I, I would want to know if they had got the figures in. And right. on Sunday afternoon. Um, I would, my mom would take me to, uh, we had about three Toys R Uses around us within like a 20 mile radius because we had three malls, you know, back in the nineties around us. And like, I remember my mom would take me to either like the Trotwood Toys R Us or the Beaver Creek Toys R Us or the Dayton Mall Toys R Us, um, or KB because I had said, well, mom, they this is where they've got these figures. And she goes, well, how do you know this? I said, "Mommy, you just got to trust me. Well, then <laughs> the, phone, the phone bill would come, and all of a sudden there would be long-distance charges of calling all of these uh, places, because I'd also get put on hold. Like, well, hold on. Which that's remember, so
0: archaic now, because I didn't even think about long-distance.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, there were, you know, one... 937, blah, 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 like whatever the phone number was. And I would, you know, whoever would answer, i say, can I please speak to the the person in the action figure aisle? Yeah. The the what aisle? The action figure aisle. Okay, hold on. This is Toys R Us. How do you
0: not know this? You know, come on.
1: Right. So then the action figure person would come on and say, hi, um, I'm looking for the new WWF figures. And I said, I'm looking for, uh, do you see... You know, series four, like, do you see Justin Hawk Bradshaw or (laughs) Hunter Hearst Helmsley or Stone Cold Steve Austin or, and I'm just naming all these names and whoever is on the cordless phone at the time is, uh, no kid. Like, I don't see any of these, but I do see, uh, this and it, you know, it was like, uh, Um, a series three or whatever. I said, no, I don't want any of those. Thank you. And then hang up and call the next one. And yeah, I, I got a, a stern, stern talking to like, we understand you're excited. Right. But, um, mom and dad don't want to pay a dollar 99 a minute while you're on hold to, uh, find out what wrestling figures they have in, uh, down by the Dayton Mall, Travis. And
0: Well, it's kind of like I don't know how many times I get a payphone and I would dial 1-900-909-9900 just to see if I could get through to, you know, the hotline with me and Gene Okerlund. I did that at my
1: work phone. My very first job just as like same thing. I was like, I wonder if I can get through. And I remember my boss, like I said, this was a comic shop, and this was 25 years ago, bringing in the phone book who's been calling a 900 number at work and I never got in trouble because I was the young guy. Like I, like, I wouldn't know, I wasn't old enough to know what a 900 number was, but, uh, I, I, Well, I what he the, probably
0: thought it was, right?
1: Oh yeah. It definitely wasn't the, it, it I mean, it was the nine line, but he definitely thought it, 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 some of the other employees were calling for, other nefarious purposes <laughs> right. in the mid nineties. Not
0: necessarily for what might be happening, happening on nitro next week.
1: <laughs> exactly. He didn't, he wasn't, nobody else was getting the Madden report or right. or whatever. Like he, he thought something else was going on. And I just remember my, uh, my boss going, Hey, do you know anything about this? And of course, you know, I was just like, 15, 16 year old that only worked one weekend a month. Said, no, absolutely not. I have no idea what a nine hundred number is. So, okay. And I, I cost my my job like ten dollars a week because <laughs> mean Gene would tell me that the renegade is coming, the renegade is coming. And uh, it's just I miss that. Yeah. Not getting in trouble, but like
0: the fun just
1: wrestling yeah, it was fun and like I don't know if you did this. Another wrestling memory that I have that just popped into my head at the same time is um, if you didn't have a cable box, if you unscrewed your cable from the back of the box and screwed it into your cable ready T V, all of your black screens turned into scramble vision. And I remember just sitting and listening.
0: Yeah, it's like a to podcast pay-per-views. to the pay per views. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And the play-by-play, like, I remember when uh, Yoko beat Undertaker on the Survivor Series, and I'm laying in bed, like, looking, watching a Scramble Vision Survivor Series and going, wait, Undertaker just, just did he fly? Because you couldn't tell anything in Scramble Vision. But, like, right. that was, like, fun. And that's what made wrestling fun, because you got to do those things. And, like... Well, and Experience I think, those things.
0: I think also too a big problem now. Like as weird as it seems, the social media. Like, what? Why do I need to watch Raw? Because if something big happens, I'll see it on Twitter.
1: Yeah, and, and that didn't happen back in the day. You had to wait three months for the magazine to come out because right. they didn't tell you anything in the control center other than WrestleMania happened three days three days ago. Like you didn't get the immediate results like well and they would also too sometimes not put
0: stuff out there because they're trying to sell the replay for Tuesday night on the pay per view.
1: Exactly. Like you couldn't you didn't know what happened. So you're left in limbo like well what happened? Like is Hulk Hogan still the champion? Did he beat Sgt Slaughter? Like
0: Well especially like shows like when Sting and Hogan had their Sarcade match. It's like you know, I remember one kid at school had pay per view and I think he was just listening to the Scramble channels, which I didn't know how to do yet. And him telling me, like, no, Sting one," I'm like, oh, man. You know, it's like like in that, like, it jazzed you up all day. And so that's all you thought about. And so by the time Monday evening rolls around, you're ready for wrestling, you know. And oh, yeah. Now fast forward to today, based on Twitter and social media, you would know pretty much 10 seconds after it happens. So... Why do you yeah, need to, go to Yeah, WWE's Twitter
1: automatically puts the winners out and puts a fifteen second clip of how Keith Lee just defeated such and such. And right. like wow, like okay, I don't even need to you know watch for all tonight because I just hit uh, got everything. You know, this morning I uh, I was watching uh, an AEW pay per view last night. And I I, I, thought, I really
0: like that. By the way, what do you think?
1: It was great. It was one of the better pay per views that I have seen, yeah, in a long time. And uh, not going to lie, old man talking here, but I fell asleep right at the very beginning of, um, the Matt Hardy Sammy, uh, Guevara match, and so the first thing I did this morning was, um. I went to the F4W website, and there are the match results immediately. I, and I knew what I'd missed. And I was yeah. done within five minutes, which right. wouldn't have happened years ago.
0: Yeah. And and that's what's so, so crazy now about the wrestling world is how quickly you get stuff. And I think sometimes that eliminates your... I guess need to even watch it. Sometimes it's like you. you, It'd be like to me. It's almost like if you immediately got the results of what happened on in-game. It's like oh, okay, that sucks. Do I need to watch it now? Like it's kind of it's a little bit like that. Yeah. Oh.
1: Thanos snapped his fingers. Spoilers if you haven't watched a two-year-old movie yet. But would you have watched it knowing that they all? vanished at the end
0: because i I mean i think i would have because i'm a marvel fan but if you're like a casual fan you probably don't need to right because you could get like five seconds five seconds get the cliff notes of what happened it's like oh okay so i don't know man it's it's definitely a different world you know i try to i try to tell people with wrestling watch what you enjoy you know like if you don't like aew don't watch it if you don't like wwe don't watch it but I see a lot of people like that just don't watch WWE because they don't like it. I'm like, but there's other stuff out there, you know? Maybe, oh, yeah. maybe it's ROH that's gonna hit you. Maybe it's Impact. Maybe it's MLW. I mean, NWA is still kind of a thing, hopefully, and they're gonna be making a comeback and stuff like that. So, like, there's always something out there. But
1: and and there is that's the that's the best part of wrestling. You can have your big monster events like that happened at WWE, then you've got NXT and, you know, you've got AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan. Um, you know, sometimes you can catch some Lucha Libre and, and Ring of Honor, or you can even go to your own, like, uh, independent shows. Like when I went to go see Harley at AIW, absolute intense wrestling, I think is they're you know they're up here and they they do ohio Michigan, right. Indiana that's kind of their circuit, and it's like you know you can go go watch them or uh there was h w a down in Cincinnati like mm-hmm. there are so many that's the beautiful part of wrestling like if if we would to like tie a bow on it and have like a happy moment like you can watch anything and it's to quote Jim Cornette, like you can have a a match where you're like, all right, yeah, I know that that's predetermined, but then you can watch one match and go, you know what? Those two don't like each other. Yes. And I know, like, I know it's, I know it's predetermined and I know this and I know that because whatever, but man, I really don't think those two like each other. That one, like, that punch looked a little stiff mm-hmm. that like, and it's like, like you just said, a, the a magician, you know, having, having his trick because it only takes like one thing for you to, to be emotionally invested. Right. And then that is the best part of wrestling to, to get emotionally invested and to, Have that moment of disbelief because Lord knows that last year, 2020 was crazy enough. And it takes you out of all of the frustration that you have to where you go, man, I, I enjoyed that. And that's why I'm going to tune back in next week. Or that's why I'm going to get the next pay-per-view. You know what? Champa had a great match tonight. I'm going to get a Chompa shirt to support him because right. he just, and that's the seed. Those are the seeds that plant to where everything that we have just talked about and, and rambled on for, that's why you get the t-shirts. That's why you get the wrestling figures. That's why you have good memories because of little nuggets and little moments that draw you in and you're like, I, want, I, I like that. I want to get his figure. I want to get his shirt. You know what? I want to see what happens next week because I don't think Chompa and Gargano like each other because he really hit him hard or did this, did that. Like, it, it... I don't know. That's why I love wrestling.
0: And that's so well said. I think we, we need to wrap it up there because I don't know if we're going to get any better than that. But um, I, I completely agree. And I think that's what's so... So consuming about wrestling like you said like you see a match you want to get a shirt you want to get a figure um you know you see something it it draws you in and not to mention like you know real life sucks right and (laughs) we all have amen brother yeah we all have situations and things and to me getting to sit down in front of the tv and watch a wrestling match or watch a show And and not to mention, like watching like AIW, not AIW, excuse me, AEW. (laughs) One of the things I like about that is I feel like they're this like Who would have thought if if I would have told you five years ago, hey, there's going to be a company that's going to start up that's going to give WWE a run for their money? There, no one would have believed it because it really you think in this climate in this world that can't happen, and they're kind of doing that. I'm not saying they're over going to overtake WWE, but. They got action figures. Looks like a video game announcement's happening. They're doing pay per view, which is great in
1: a time where everything is streaming, where there is there where pay per view is not the main way to view it. It's all through streaming. Through you know, Impact has their own streaming services. ROH has their own streaming services. Uh, uh, Is it Bleacher Report or like yeah? um, Has their like. We'll have different independent wrestling shows like they are putting on legit pay per views, forty nine ninety nine, and they're four hours yeah. long. <laughs> but like they're 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 doing it, you know they're they're doing it and they're, they're coming up. So I agree.
0: That's cool stuff. Well, Travis, I appreciate being on the show, man. This was a really fun talk. I think people are going to dig it, and I'm sure down the road we'll have to definitely do it again, man.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Well, first of all, i got to give a big thank you to Travis Fowler for being on the show today. It was always uh, a lot of fun talking with him. And um, I'm sure he'll be a guest um, down the road, obviously, because me and him talk. Uh, we talk figures and wrestling quite a bit. And i I think it's one of those things when you talk to someone a lot. It's definitely easy to podcast with him because you're like you're always in communication, and me and him have always had that relationship. So it's been a lot of fun. So big thanks to him uh, for being on the show. And next week I have a very fun guest. I think I think this is unique. I, I'm sure some people may not think so, but I'm gonna try to explain it. My guest next week will be Bane. Bane will be my guest. Now this is so weird because me and Bane have logged. My gosh, I don't know how many hours of podcasting we've logged. I mean. I think as of this recording, we have done 368 episodes of Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. That doesn't include anything else that we've done, which have been like, you know, energy shot episodes for our Patreon, or he's done episodes of, you know, when I had Brian Breaker versus the Super Nintendo several years ago. Um... I did episodes of The Bane of Your Ears, a podcast he had several years ago. So it's crazy to think because I've known him in I've known him for so long. We podcasted so much, but I've never interviewed him. I've never been in a setting where I've asked him about wrestling. I mean, yeah, I've asked him questions on the show, but this is a completely different thing. So I'm really excited for this. I think I think people are gonna dig it, and I think it's a uh, it's a a, f- a fun new concept for me to uh, to have Bane as a guest on the show because it's just it's st- uh, even when we get, like we're about to record I'm like this feels weird a little bit. It's just a different setting. Like it, we just got done recording Breaker and Bane's Power Hour and it's like, hey, man, you mind recording this real quick? Yeah, no problem. I'm like, this kind of feels awkward, you know, and it's kind of kind of funny how that is sometimes. But, you know, uh, it's it's cool to have him as a guest. So that will be coming up next week. Big underscore Bane will be my guest. And uh, if you're not aware, Big underscore Bane helped me with the, well, not helped me, he did all of it, the work, uh, the, uh, the intro song, which, uh, you know, is kind of a take on the uh, old school WWF. One of the old school WWF themes, and he kind of put a rap track on it, and I mean to say, he knocked it out of the park. Was would be a gross understatement. He just absolutely killed it, and he he does that a lot with his uh, with his music, and I'm I think it's re- it's really cool. Like it's really cool to have to have someone that you know that is so talented in that in that regard. Much like you know Jason Wolf with the artwork, it's really cool. The the people that we've all kind of come in contact with do this do this podcasting community it's a lot of fun but anyway thank you guys for checking out you know it's fake right and if you get a chance uh leave me a five-star review um all the people that shout me out that tweet about the show that just say hey i really dig the show that's such a cool thing to me like i can't put i can't really put that into words when someone's like hey man like i i've had i've had a um, Eric Brown, I'll bring him up. Eric Brown's a good friend of mine. He's from the Doing the Favor podcast. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, it's fantastic. One of my favorites, actually. And Eric messaged me because I, I was going to say, hey, would you like to be on a future episode? Which, you know, he, 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 he will be. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. But <laughs> but Eric will be on an upcoming episode if you know it's fake, right? And he was like, hey, man, I really dig your show. And I was like, oh, thanks. And I'm not like blowing smoke. Like, I, don't, I want you to know that. I really dig it. And I'm like, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And I thought that was, we kind of had a laugh about that. But it, it's really cool when someone takes the time to listen, says that they dig it, and, and is like, man, I really, I dig what you're doing. And I think that that's really cool. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I have this all figured out because I certainly do not. I will make so many mistakes on this show. I felt like I made a ton of mistakes on Power Hour. But that's kind of part of the process. You don't start off knowing what you're doing you you learn and you grow and and hope that people enjoy what you're what you're putting out there and this has been a lot of fun and i hope everybody's enjoying checking it out Um, i'm gonna have a bunch of new guests Uh, you know it's a new guest every week so i'm constantly looking at new people so if you have an idea for someone you think should be on the show definitely hit me up at brian breaker odr on twitter at brian breaker on instagram and let me know next week will be episode eight with big underscore bane Thank you guys for checking out You Know It's Fake, Right? And remember, as the great Johnny Valentine would say, I can't make you believe wrestling is real, but I sure as hell can make you believe that I am. My name's Brian Breaker. This is You Know It's Fake, Right? And I'll see you next week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Around for a minute, and I can stand toe to toe with the
0: best of the minute. Don't give a damn about critics, they talk a lot, but at the end of the night, I'm selling the tickets. All the tough guys avoid me, the ladies all adore me. Paparazzi record me, I
1: can put on a clinic, on my imposers are born.